Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Isaiah 53 um, is prophecy about the Lord and the crucifixion. And so he says in verse 1, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he, speaking of Jesus, somebody's amen. Did you hear that? From a child, they've known the Holy Scriptures. For he shall grow up, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a, everybody say dry ground. He was coming to a desert place. How many know that? He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Who's it talking about? It's talking about the Lord. Lord Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Simon Peter hid from him. All of them hid from him except John the Beloved. How many know that? They ran from the cross. Everybody left him. Even John took Mary, his mother, and they went home. The Bible says he tread through the wine press alone. It says he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our, what? Griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Who's it talking about? It's talking about the cross. It's talking about Jesus. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. It says the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Oh, clap your hands and thank God for that. Joseph, Gabriel said to Joseph, Joseph, Mary's going to conceive and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he's going to save his people from their sins. Joseph proclaimed one of the most powerful moments that you would ever hear or have ever been heard, although there was not much mentioned of him. Joseph, the father of Jesus. It was when he looked at him and said, his name shall be called Jesus. That name was a name that was given, that was prophesied, that would be given. The Bible says, in that day there shall be one Lord and he shall have one name. And that one name that had been kept and held, that name Jesus, which means Jehovah saves. Jehovah has become my salvation, Isaiah 12 and 3. When you begin to see the power of the name of Jesus, that it was mentioned when he was born, the wise men came from afar and they brought gifts. Shepherds saw the star and followed it all the way to the manger. You'll look that the prophet showed up and the prophetess and began to prophesy blessings of the Lord because hope 
and joy and salvation had come to this dry desert earth where people were lost. He was the light and he is the hope. John 1, 1 said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glories of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth could I tell you when Jesus came to this earth everything changed everything it pushed out the darkness it pushed out the hopelessness it pushed out the brokenness Jesus, the light of the world. And so those that were sensitive honored him. Crowd gathered around him. And he, for 30 years, uh, lived in that home, worked with Joseph, his father, and as a carpenter, and went on and on. And, and we'll find, though, that, that in three and a half years of ministry, he became hated because he opposed the religious system. He opposed tradition. He'd do things on the Sabbath day and they didn't like it. You know, you're pretty bound when somebody you've known for years was crippled and Jesus has said, behold, and they're healed. And you you're, can't believe he'd do something like that on the Sabbath day. You're bad shape. How I many know you're bad shape? Uh, we say they're bad shape, but all you apostolic people, all you Christians in here, you need to understand something. You better not let tradition get in the way of revival either. Come on. You better be careful. Tradition will kill a harvest. Well, that's not how we always did it. It's not how Guy Smith did it. That's not how Brother Ferris did it. Brother Bounds, that's not how you did it years ago. I'm not talking about changing doctrine. I'm talking about we have to change methods. And Jesus came in, and they had turned the entire house of God to something it wasn't even supposed to be. He got so mad. You know you're so mad. I'm going to tell you right now, you are mad when you take time to braid a rope. Braid a whip. Come on, you didn't just come in and 30 seconds get upset. When you sit down and braid a whip, you're mad. You're real mad. He's steaming when he's over there. He's angry. He said, the zeal of the Lord's house hath eaten me up. He came in there and kicked over tables and whipped them out of there. You've taken my house, cost to be a house of prayer, turn it to a den of thieves. We can't have church the way we've had church and expect to reach the world. This isn't a house of entertainment. This is a house of prayer. Come on. They, they have built stages all over America to where it's about how good they sing or how good they deliver or how well they tell a story. Paul said, I don't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I've come in demonstration and power of the Spirit knowing nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all that really matters is I gotta get down to the nuts and bolts of this and be what he wants me to be. My suit's not going to bring you salvation. My, not, my, my dignified self and how well I articulate the word. There were people in churches even in altar calls playing Beauty and the Beast on the keyboard because it affected the emotions of people. 
because we have become emotionally professional people. Instead of down to what God, I'm going to tell you, nobody's going to be saved because of the of the of the 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 sufficiency and the effectiveness of a personality or human ability. Nobody. But the power of the gospel, the fire of an altar, it'll burn out every sin. It'll burn out years of curses and chaos. It will set you. Come on, what kind of church do you want to have? I want to have a church where there's fire. I want to have a church where there's power. Somebody say amen. They were singing up here today. Sister Krista up here singing with a miracle in her belly. A miracle in her womb. Her baby bump just starting to show. And she said, all my life you have been faithful. That's true worship. That's true worship to the Lord. Woo! We're not here for any other reason but to magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with the commission that we're going to take it to somebody that's never heard it. Take it to somebody that's never felt it. Somebody say amen. So I, I know we, 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 can't, we can't just do church to do church. we we got to be what God wants us to be. There was nothing comely about him. When you look at the cross, it was very gory. I, I, I would imagine by medical study that when it talks about he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, when they put him on that whipping post and tied him that whipping post and they were hitting him with a cat of nine tails, 39 stripes, 39 swings and whipping him on that cross. Blood was flying everywhere. His skin and meat was coming out of his ribs. When they hit him, he said, ah! Ah! He fought of that, the agony of the whip. They tell me that he was beat so brutally that you could have seen through his rib cage and seen the functioning of his organs. Oh, they mocked him. They put a crown of thorns they mocked him, put a crown of thorns on his head. Oh, king of the Jews, they're right. He is the king. And he's the king of kings. And the Lord of lords, the Bible said. Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which he is, which was, which is to come, the almighty he was wounded. Look at your neighbor and say, he was wounded. The cross was ugly. Oh, the cross, there was nothing comely about it. It was brutal. They, they took those crown of thorns and crushed it into his head. Blood, would have begun to run. You wouldn't have been able to really to see his face. There would have been blood and blood clotting over his face. Mucus would have been running out. He would have had spittle, white spittle marks on each side. He would have. I, I personally believe when he died, his, there would have been the releasing of bow. There would have been a releasing of that. I believe it was absolutely messy. Hanging there, nails in his hand, blood dripping. After he was dead, they poked him in the side with a spear and so much blood and water run out of his, of his side that, that they took note of it. They, they'd never seen anything like this. One of his bones were broken, but he was... Uh, I mean, I mean, 
they put it on the, by a main thoroughfare when you walk by. They had it over his head. There was a thief on each side of him. They had it over his head, and, and it said in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, it, it said the king of the Jews. They put it up there to mock him, but they were speaking truth. Come by, and I imagine they'd come out, people would come out. I don't know why you get something out of seeing a crucifixion, but when they come by, I imagine mothers had to cover the baby's heads up. And um, it was during, during this time that, that there was disciples had run. But Mark 15 makes a statement. Mark 15, and, and if you want to you turn there, Mark 15. Let, let's look and see what it says. How many feel the Lord here today? Mark 15 and 43. His name was Joseph of Arimathea. He was in, go ahead, I hear pages turning. Are y'all ready for me to read? Let's, let's look and see what it says. Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counsel, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly into the palate and craved the body of Jesus. He craved the body of Jesus. Right now, right now, Brother Paul, Jesus is a limp. Hanging there, just a mass of, 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 of mess. Blood is just dripping from his body. He, he died sooner than the thieves because I be, believe he was beat more than they were. I believe there was a wrath that came upon them. You know why? Because Jesus at that moment represented sin. Sin, the wages of sin is death. At that moment, what you see hanging on the cross was the symbol of sin. Nothing comely about it. Bruised, beaten, and wounded. The Bible says that he bore our what? Our griefs and he carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, the lack of peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. Everything that he went through there is because of sin. Sin brings sickness on the earth. Go back to Adam and Eve. They didn't know a headache. They didn't know those issues. They didn't know that sorrow or grief until, they didn't know murder until sin. Isaiah said, man's sins separate him from God. Sin creates sickness on the earth, division in the family, grief and sorrow, mental health issues, sin. Everybody say sin. sin. Don't walk out and say, well, pastor thinks I was, the reason I got runny nose, there's sin in my life. That's the case, my wife. What you been doing? What you been doing while I was in California? Amen. You had a runny nose. It's not what I'm saying. Sin has brought things on the earth. Sin has brought things. In. How many know that? How many of you, when you came to the Lord or since the Lord, you've had things you needed God to fix? Sin brings anguish. Sin brings chaos. Jesus was perfect in all of his ways. Man, I must be preaching a long time. People go in the restrooms. 
I got to preach shorter than the bladder can function. Amen. Huh? Praise God. He makes this statement when he talks about this and what he went through. Verse 6 of Isaiah 53. Bear with me. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him, speaking of Jesus, the iniquity of us all. When you see the cross, you see the product of sin. Sin will mess with your mind, your body, and your spirit. How many believe that? Sin. Oh, but pastor, sin is fun. Sin feels good. The Bible says pleasure of sin is only for a season. Then you become wounded. Then you become broken and you become empty. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you know he's talking about you right now. All have sinned. We're sinners. I said we are sinners. I said we are sinners. Saved by grace. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. He saved you while you were a sinner. He saw you when you were doing wrong. He didn't see you for the first time when you showed up at the church on an altar and got it all together. No, he saw you in the bar room. He saw you at the crack house. He saw you when you were gambling and lying and cheating and fornicating and committing adultery. He saw you then. And the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die to leave you in that same situation. He died to bring you out. He died to bring you out of that mess. He died to bring you out of that. I come to tell you, you could come out of addiction. You could come out of chaos. You could come out of confusion. The Bible says, Brother Sawyer, that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him because not only was he the high priest, the Bible calls him the prophet and the prophet can see he was also the apostle and when he was on the cross as a prophet, he could see through the eons of time and he saw in 2023 somebody that says I'm tired of living the way I've been living I'm tired of doing what I've been doing I want to come out from this and he said I'm making you a way where there would have been no way you could come out of your sin you could come out of your chaos look at your neighbor and say he could change your life I'm talking about revivals where people are going to get the case of beer out of their car and throw in the dumpster. I'm talking about revivals where people are going to empty out their fentanyl pills and throw them in the trash dump. I'm talking about revival where people are going to get rid of their marijuana and get on their knees and find total deliverance over their mind, their spirit. There's coming a revival. I said there's coming a revival. There's coming a revival where God is going to set people free. Look at your neighbor and say, it's here. You don't have to wait till the prophet comes. You can be healed right now because the Lord is here right now. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. Turn everyone to his own way. Then it says he was oppressed. Oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. His brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He bore our grief, our sorrow, our oppression, our affliction, our sickness, our sin, our shame. Wow. 
He took it upon him even though he was perfect. Look at your neighbor saying nobody else could do what he was going to do. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. That's why we believe that Jesus is in prison. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is in prison. That's why we have jail ministry. Because he said, I was in prison and you came to see me. The Bible says he became sin. He became sin. Yet he sinned not. He took on the body of sin, but he sinned not. Woo! It's powerful to think he became me. He came to where I was. He put on your oppression. He put on your depression. He put on your fear. He put on your shame. Why? So you could become like him. Without sin. Without shame. Without pain. He said, be ye holy as I am holy. Can I tell you, he's already been wearing your shoes so you could come out and put on his holiness and his righteousness. You don't have to live the same way you've been living. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. Somebody shout amen. amen. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut out, off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. You're all with me, aren't you? Well, bear with me. He made his grave with the wicked. Oh, He made his grave with the wicked. I don't know if God can forgive them. Did you know what they did? It was wicked. He made his grave with the wicked. I'm going to tell you, I talked about tradition will destroy the harvest. Are you ready? Quit measuring who God can forgive or not forgive. He could forgive things you'll never, you, you, that you can't look past. But God didn't call you to be the judge. He's the one that called him out of prison and judgment. He chose his grave with the wicked. God's going to send people to this church. We're going to reach people in jails. We're going to see people, we're going to see people in this church that God is going to deliver, and you're going to have a hard time with it because you 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 just don't can't believe somebody could have done something like that. I'm going to tell you right now, God's able. Somebody was somebody the other day came to the came to a church and they were preaching about forgiveness, doing a Bible study with a man, doing a Bible study with a man. And he, he said, you're telling me that if I will bend my knee at the altar that your God can forgive me and when I get baptized, he'll wash everything I've ever done away? You're telling me that if I repent of my sins, he said, preacher, I've killed 47 people. Here's a question. Can God forgive a sinner that has murdered 47 people? We're not covering them with our blood. He's covering them with his blood. His blood can wash away every sin stain. His blood. Come on, I said his blood can wash away the sins. Of, his love will cover.
a multitude of sin. Hear what I say, go to the jails and preach again. If God says go, go. Somebody shout, he's able. He's able. He's able. The world is getting more wicked. Chaos, confusion. How many know it's true? Can God forgive the adulterer? Can God forgive the fornicator? Can God forgive the homosexual? Can God forgive the, uh, the abortionist? Come on. Don't you categorize and try to hold justice over somebody that made a mistake. If he forgave you, he can forgive them. Come on, I'm telling you, I feel an old-fashioned revival. God's going to do wonderful things. Can he forgive preachers that messed up? Can he forgive missionaries that failed? Can he forgive elders that walked out of this? How about somebody raising the church all their life and walk away from God and mess up if they come back? Is there enough mercy for them? I'm telling you right now, he looks beyond the sin because it covered his eyes when he was on the cross. He sees you changed. He sees you healed. Joseph, why in the world do you want his body? It's a mess. Joseph, the Bible too, every gospel records the story. All four talk about Joseph of Arimathea. One time it talks about Nicodemus who came by night was with him. All four gospels recorded. Twice it says he begged the body. Once it says he craved the body. Another time it says the body was released to him. But when he told Pilate, can God heal 47 years of drug addiction? Prostitution? People that owned them. See, when they took prayer out of the schools and then the hippie movement, they just chose to walk away from Christianity and Harry Krishnas and open themselves up to Buddhism. And they began to glamorize stages and Hollywood and music. You better be careful in your home to glamorize Hollywood stars of your kids or they end up like them. In the church, talking about how wonderful these people are that live sinful lives. Who'd ever thought Hollywood would have influence in the church? Now you're nervous because I'm, I'm, I'm getting in your CD cases. We are entertaining ourselves with things that God despises. And that's why you struggle. That's why you struggle. That's why there's sometimes as much mess on the inside of the church as it is on the outside because we entertain ourselves with it. That's why we don't pray. Oh, pastor, you going there again? I'm here. God wants a holiness church with a mind that is sound. We're not given to a spirit of fear, but a love and peace and a sound power and a sound mind. Everybody touch your head and say, I want to have a sound mind. Can God save somebody from Hollywood? How about corrupt politics? Let's not put a cap on who he can save. I believe we'll be in here and there'll be, sen there'll be senators and congressmen, congresswomen in the church. With their hands raised. 
Come on, I believe it. City officials and city leaders. Because we can't, we can't limit who it can be. People that are homeless, people that are, that are successful, it doesn't matter. The gospel's got to be preached. And here's the most, one of the most powerful categorical words in all the scripture. Whosoever. Quit limiting the whosoever. Because if you want to come back, you can. If you want to be delivered, you can. You can. Come on, I preach this because our babies are coming home. Our children are coming back to the Lord. There's a, God's making a way. He's making a way. Watch this. And it says, he made his grave with the wicked. Everybody said the wicked. And with the rich in his death. Everything about this is talking about who he can save. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. He did nothing wrong. Yet, he was buried with the wicked. Buried with the rich. Everybody has an opportunity. Somebody say everybody. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his land. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their, what? Iniquities. That's every intent to do sin. Not just the action, but the whole concept, the nature of a person to sin. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the small with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul to death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He took on the burden. Now, I'm going to switch this gear right now. I'm going to talk to you about the body of Christ. When Joseph of Arimathea, all disciples had run except John. John's home with Mary as Jesus commissioned him before he died. He didn't want his mother to watch him die. He said, John, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. He trusted her in the hands of his closest disciple who was about 14 years old. John, the beloved. John, the revelator. He goes away. When he does, he dies. A man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, who the Bible says, who sought the kingdom of God, who sought the king, who was looking for the kingdom that Jesus had been teaching the disciples. They taught that the kingdom was coming to this earth. The kingdom is coming here. They didn't, when Jesus, before he died on the cross, they did not teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They taught the gospel of the kingdom, that God wants to establish his kingdom on the earth. That's right. He still wants to establish the kingdom on the earth. Do you believe that? He's the king of the kingdom. And Joseph of Arimathea, who was looking for the kingdom of God and was one of the chief counselors, he went to Pilate and he said, Pilate, I want the body of Christ. I want the body of Jesus. And Pilate said, read it. Is he already dead? Is he already dead? He sent a messenger out and went to the cross. And when they went to the cross, they looked up and Jesus was dead there was no breathing there was no breath on him and he come back and said he's dead Joseph and Nicodemus went up to the cross and they they, they pulled his hands off those nails Can you imagine that? They, when it would have done the blood would have splashed and they, two of them got the body and pulled him off the cross and have stitched clothes on him and they pulled him off the cross and pulled his probably at the end would have slumped him over his shoulder and then one would have grabbed one foot off the nail and the other off the nail and and they grabbed him with all of his mess. They took the body of Jesus. 
The Bible says he craved the body of Jesus. Why? Why would he crave the body of Jesus? I'm going to tell you why he craved the body of Jesus. Because he didn't believe it was over yet. The Bible says that the angel and Lucifer disputed over the body of Moses when he died because he was in the glory of God. He believed there was a resurrection. He believed that it was going to be better. It was messy now. But when he grabbed that body, that's that blood, that water, potentially the bowel, everything would have been on them. And, and funeral directors would understand what I'm saying. Medical people understand what I'm talking about. If you've never been there, I have been in surgical rooms trying to be there when somebody was taking their last breath and they're throwing everything they can and blood is everywhere. I have been in those with saints of God when the spouse said that he would want you in there with him praying. I've been there. It's not a beautiful thing what happens in, in those moments, in those places when somebody's at the end of life and, 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 and when others are running, Joseph says, I want his body. <laughs> I want the body of Christ. And he takes him and puts him. Are y'all with me right now? Takes him and they bear his body. And they, they would have cleaned him up, I'm sure. And, and, and Nicodemus had, had, had a hundred, hundred something of, of myrrh. And they begin to clean the body of the Lord. And the wounds are there. And everything is there. And they wrapped him in fine linen. Were you able to find that? Fine, fine linen. I wouldn't get one that small. Is this bigger? Come here, Malachi. Are you okay? Can you give me just a few moments? Would you, would you hold that? I really feel something for this thing. They, 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 they take him and they place him in a tomb. But let me, let me say this. Before they did that, I don't know, this might hurt me. Lean over my shoulder. Lean over my shoulder. You don't want to mess with me. Amen. They, put him, they take him and carry him. While they've got him, the cross, all the fluids are on them. They're willing to deal with his mess. They're willing to deal with his mess. I have to tell you, he's heavy. He's heavy. But they bore it with him. They carried his lifeless body to a tomb. Lord, help me. Because he wasn't committed to him when he could only do him good. He wasn't committed to the body when it could only bless him. He wasn't committed to the body when he was teaching and doing right. He was willing to bear the body when it was covered in sin. When it had mess upon it. When it was grieving. When it was broken. 
when it was being judged, when it was in prison, he was carrying the body of the Lord. When it stunk, and Isaiah said, there's nothing comely about it. There's nothing beautiful about it. And I come a word the second time to this church. Now I'm talking about this body. Paul talks about you are the body of Christ. I don't believe individually, yes, yes, maybe part, but we are members in particular. We put us together, we become the body of Christ. Can you say amen? We're supposed to be holy and pure and righteous. But you know what? The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you in the foot. I don't. If, if the church is having church, we ought to be there. Why? Because they need me there and I need them there. I don't want part of the body. I want the whole body. I beg the body. I beg the body. I'm going to preach to you here for a minute right now because you know what? Can you tolerate the body when the body's not doing what it should be? Can you tolerate the body when it has some grief, when it has some sorrow, when it has some burden, when it has some prison? I come to tell you right now, there's some of the body that are in prison, but we're going to minister to them there. There's some of the body that's broken. They've lost loved ones. They're dealing with grief, but I'm going to bear the burden with them there. Everybody stand. Come on. You're going to bear the body. Why did he crave the body? Because it was the body. It was the body. And I know the church isn't perfect. I know Jesus is perfect. But he wasn't at this time. He's dead, bearing the grief of the world. The sin of every sinner. Oh God. We've got to have teaching, Pastor Cody. Pastor Nehemiah, we've got to have teaching of what transgression is, what it means to be a priest. Because some people try to do right. They don't understand their role. And they become intercessors and have no clue how to handle emotion. People make mistakes with good intentions. I'm not saying that we're perfect. That's what I'm preaching. Can you love the body when it's imperfect? Can you love the body? when they're going through a situation. How I many know we're the body of Christ? We're supposed to be examples of Him. We, when somebody comes out of that watery grave of baptism, when someone is born again, we shout and worship. And we show up like prophets, prophetesses. We're wise men that come from afar. We show up like the shepherds. We come and celebrate the birth of a new Christian. But can, what about when the Christian loses a spouse? What about when they have cancer? What about when they have sickness? What, when they're going through a situation? What are we doing then? I'm going to tell you what we do a lot of times. We do just like the disciples did. We run from the cross. But I feel God is putting a spirit of prayer, and that's what Joseph of Arimathea represents, a spirit of prayer. Somebody willing to intercede and bear the burden and take on the nature of that moment of Christ. You've never heard this preached like this. But I'm telling you, somebody's got to love the body even in its imperfections. You've got to love, fall in love with the church of Jesus Christ. People are going to have loss and loved ones. Well, they'll be okay. Funeral, somebody going all by themselves. People are coming out of the world that have absolutely no family. They've lost every single thing. They come to church. The only family they have is the people of God. It's, it's true. They lost everything when they, when they got broken up. And in, and in jail, they could come to the Lord. How many know that? They could commit ter terrible sins and come here. And God can forgive them, but we're going to love them. Somebody shout, love the body. The next step of this church is being sensitive to the body. We talk about the discerning of spirits, but how about discerning of the Lord's body? 
about communion. Communion's not just taking a bread and uh, the bread and the wine or the bread and grape juice or whatever, taking that just to remember the body of the Lord. It's also communal. That's why they'd have foot washing in that day because it was about the body. It wasn't just about his body. It's also the present body. You know what the devil would love to do? Divide us right down the middle. Separate the ear from the eye. I've worked hard today. But it's right. It's not right church across town we can't have fellowship with. I don't feel that. It's not here. It probably was at one time, but it's not here. We've, had, we've got more unity among our churches right now than in, in history. He would love for you to only be excited about what's going on in your world and hope somebody else's falls apart. He'd love for a church to think it's all about them as if God's only moving to one place. Oh, no. What's going to happen is there's going to come a burden on you and names are going to start coming to you. I'm, I'm in the spirit right now. There, there is there's people that, that, are, that are going through things. They're, they're in a dark place. Heaviness is on them. There's people that come to our church that's abused. One in four girls have been abused. One in five boys. Chaos, confusion. That becomes a repeated cycle. I link it all the way back down to the hippie movement. I do. Counterculture. Confusion. Rebellion. It brings sin. And where sin abounds. How I many know when sin comes in? Are y'all hearing me today? But I believe that in the body, we'll care for the body. There's resurrection power in the body. That when he comes out of that grave, he's coming out with no sin. He's laying it down in the grave. He's leaving, he's leaving the grief in there. He's leaving the sorrow in there. He's leaving the wicked in there. Come on. He's leaving judgment. Did y'all get what I'm saying? He's going to lay it all down. And on that resurrection morning, he's coming out of that grave. Amen. That's what we believe for the body. We believe there's resurrection power. Come on, you might have grieved the loved one for three years, but just like that, he can heal your grief. You can come out of that sorrow. You can come out of that. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. Clap your hands and praise him. Come on, God's going to heal marriages and families. He's going to heal families with estranged children. God's about to fix it. But I need you to bear with me. The body. <laughs> Come on, I want you to pray all over the building. Begin to pray. Pray to the body of the Lord. Everybody all over the building, I want you to begin to lift your voice and pray. Yes, God can forgive you. Absolutely, He's going to change your life. Absolutely, He's going to do wonderful things in you. Hallelujah. one another's burdens 
so fulfill the law of Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is here to speak to us right now. Hallelujah. Everybody look. That's what Joseph of Arimathea was looking for. Brother Gene, he arises with healing in his wounds. Came from a mess, but he's healing. And when he comes out, you know what he says to Mary and Magdalene and Mary and those that were there, the women? He tells them, you go tell my disciples I'm risen. Go tell the ones that ran away I'm alive. You go tell my disciples and Peter, the one that denied me, that one to live, went out and acted like he didn't even know who I was. You go tell him, I've got something for him right now. Come on. That's what I feel. There is hope in the resurrection that every backslider that's ever left from here is going to be able to make their way back to the house of God. That's what I feel. Repentance. I want to link arms with Jesus and do his will. It's not, he's not willing that any should perish. I just think God left me alone. No, he hasn't. Reach your hands out like that. That's what God's doing. That's what what we've got to do. The spirit and the bride say, come. You have to live one more day in sin. One more day in grief and anguish. The crowns and the thorns was to heal mental health. The thoughts, the anxieties, the fear. Come on. Oppressions and addiction. The Bible says oppression was upon him. How many believe God can heal everything? I want you to clap your hands and shout about that. Shout about that. If you need healing in your body, I want you to come. If you need healing in your body, I want you to come and stand. If you're here today and said, I'm ready, I'm ready to turn some things over to the Lord. You're dealing with oppression, fear. You want God to do something in your family, your life, your mind, your spirit. I want you to come. Come on, all over the building. Maybe you just got a heavy burden in your spirit. Today, God's doing something powerful. Lord's doing something. Lord, I pray divine healing over her body right now. In the name of Jesus, every pain in her body would begin to leave. Lord, you're able to heal. Wednesday night, I saw 200 miracles just like that. 200 miracles. He's still healing. He's still forgiving. He's still saving. I want altar ministers to come, some altar workers to come. Somebody shout hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed except those that are coming. You're here right now and you say, I've been so heavy or empty. I've been dealing with brokenness in my life. Would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand around the room? You've been dealing with those things? God is going to bring deliverance and healing to your life. I feel that today. I want you to come. I want you to come if you raise your hand. There's healing for you today in this church. Begin to make your way. 
I want the whole congregation to begin to pray, God, I'm going to bear the burden of my brother. I'm going to pray for my sister, the Lord. I'm going to begin to pray more than I've ever prayed before. Come on, I'm going to crave the body of the Lord Jesus. Oh God, when they're going through something, when they're, when they're under a heavy load. Come on, that's it. Preachers, come and help me, altar workers. Come and help me in the altar. Would everybody stretch your hands forth this way and begin to pray, Lord Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.